Catholic commentary. Spiritual warfare. Stay ready so you don't have to get ready. Jesus 911. Soul Patrol, Jesus 911, two man car, Jess Romero, Paul Clay. I'm here in an undisclosed location here in Kansas. No, I'm at my son's house. I'm visiting my youngest son, Joshua, who, by the way, I haven't, I haven't seen him in a while. Yeah. So uh, it's, You're in a it's bunker, good to see my Jess. son, his, his wife. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and by the way, Paul, you'll appreciate this because you don't, you know how difficult it, he just made the SWAT team out here in his police department. Yes. So pretty proud of him, you know. Uh, yeah, that's pr- good for him. Yeah, you know, just every time I think about Josh, I think about when he was just a little kid. He used to say, "If my if my son puts you in a rear naked choke, he says you'd offer money if somebody could get out of it." He was he was that good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I think at eight or nine years old, I said, "Come on, I can." You're you're eight. You're an eight year old kid. I can, I'm, I'm your dad. I was still you know like in my forties and. Yeah, and I said, put me in a rear naked choke, and I'm going to throw you from here to yesterday. I'm going to throw you five blocks into the into you know into the future. Yeah. He goes, okay, daddy, okay. He put me in a rear naked choke, and he was eight years old. Paul, I couldn't break it. I was I was <laughs> I, I was flopping and almost tapping out, and my son Paul said, let him go, let him go. Uh, yeah. So I can imagine him putting me in a rear, rear naked choke right now at 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 26. You know, yeah. Uh, yeah there's no way I'm going to break that. But um, mm-hmm. hey, Paul, we got an exciting show today. It's still the month of, of 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 June, so remember, for us as Catholics, it's still the month of the Sacred Heart of Jesus, Most Sacred Heart of Jesus. I place my trust in Thee, and also today, for us as Catholics, uh, yesterday in the old rite, today in the new rite is the the feast day of Saint Peter and Paul, as Saint Irenaeus of Lyons calls them, the two most glorious apostles. Mm. Pray for us. If it wasn't for Peter and Paul, there would be no Christianity because one was an apostle to the Jew, the other one was an apostle to the Gentiles. And as a result of that, Christianity is known and spoken of in 198 countries on planet Earth. That means the entire world. So, Paul, any comments on St. Peter and Paul? Yeah, Uh, let's put it this way. You know they believed the message, Jess, because uh, both of them literally had their blood shed in the name of Christ, and that's, that's the right. foundation. That's the great foundation that we're built on. Uh, when people want to ask, um, you know, or, or try to say, you know, cast doubt on our faith, well, the ones that witnessed it, uh, the ones that lived, uh, the great apostles at the time. Uh, they all gave their lives, with the exception of John, who who uh, was willing, but uh, the Lord saw something different for John. Amen. Yeah, the, John's the only one that died as an old man. The other ones died yeah. martyrs. Yeah. Hey, uh, what, Paul and me today will want to share with you how to how to share with people when they talk about our Lord Jesus Christ. Some people think he's just a guru, a good rabbi, good teacher, nice guy, a Sufi, a mystic. He's a lot, lot more than all that. He's the mm. son of God. And, and my, we're going to spend two segments and, and we're going to show you the uniqueness of Jesus Christ. Now, this isn't from my ingenuity. I took all this from Archbishop Fulton Sheen's book, Life is Worth Living. I just added Bible verses. I just kind of added here, you know, kind of, uh, you know, added my own touches here and there. But essentially, this is a presentation that I learned from, from Fulton Sheen. And so it's called Who Speaks for God? Myself and Paul, we worked in the L.A. County Jail for several years. And in the L.A. County Jail, they do, 
they used to do police lineups there at, mm -hmm. at, at Men's Central Jail. And so a police lineup is where you get six people. <laughs> it's called a six pack. And uh, and you put the suspect there or the defendant there. And the victim is supposed to choose based on looking at five other people that with similar characteristics, who the person was that perpetrated the crime against them. So what we're going to do here is we're going to put our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ in a six pack lineup. And the point is, and by the way, if you want to see this fully put out, I've got a YouTube video. It's called Who Speaks for God by Jesse Romero. So if you want to hear, you see a whole hour on this where I go methodically, go on YouTube, type in Who Speaks for God by Jesse Romero, Who Speaks for God by Jesse Romero. But we'll try to do a portion of it here. So we're going to line up the claimants. And uh, so Who Speaks for God? History is full of men who claim that they've come from God or that they were gods or that they bore messages from God like Buddha or Muhammad. Confucius, you know, Zoroaster, Christ, Laodicea, and thousands of others, right down to the person who founded a new religion this very day. Each of them, Fulton Sheen says, has a right to be heard and considered, but as a yardstick of measurement, there must be some permanent test available to all men, all civilizations, and all ages by which they can decide whether any of these claimants or all of them are justified in their claims these tests are of two kinds, reason and history. So here are four questions that I'm going to use as the criteria to verify which one of these men speaks for God and which one does not. So here's the four, fourfold criteria given to us by Fulton Sheen. If you speak for God, number one, your birth must have been pre-announced. Number two, you must have performed miracles. Number three. Your teachings must be reasonable, number four. You must have risen from the dead. And so notice the fourfold criteria put on by Sheen. Of all the religious founders, only Christ checks off the boxes on all four of these, Paul. Mm -hmm. So when you look at this fourfold criteria, this, this legal standard that Fulton Sheen set up as to who speaks for God, this basically sets Jesus Christ uniquely apart from everybody else. Comments, Paul? Yeah, Jess, I just had uh, one question for you. I know you did this years ago, and I, I love uh, always tightening up on my apologetics, uh, especially since, uh, you know, I do jail ministry and stuff like that. But uh, point number four, you must rise from the dead. Why did Bishop Sheen uh, add that? I'll tell you, I think, why he added this, Paul is because Jesus Christ didn't claim to be a prophet or a teacher or a guru or a nice guy. He claimed to be the son of God. Mm -hmm. And so if if, if he, his claims to be the son of God means, and we'll go through that on the third and fourth segment, it means that he shares the essence of God. He shares the nature of God. He shares the attributes of God. In mm -hmm. other words, what he's saying, and in fact, he said it himself, he says, if you have seen me, you have seen the Father. Mm -hmm. And so if Jesus Christ is the Son of God, then he has power over death because the Father, God the Father, has power over death. And so yeah. rising from the dead separates divinity from humanity because no human person can rise from the dead in and of their own power. Mm -hmm. But if Jesus Christ rose from the dead, it shows that he's more than a carpenter. 
It shows that he's more than a man. Because no man in human history of their own power can rise from the dead. Impossible. Physically, biologically, scientifically impossible. Unless you're divine. Unless you share the divine essence, the divine nature, then it is possible for you because, because since you share divinity with the Father, all things are possible for God. Yes, yeah, uh, so hence we have the dual nature of Christ. He was 100% man, yet 100% God, right? At the same time. Yeah. Yeah, but right. I, I would just say it dif differently. I would just say that he, he is God, 100% God who took upon a second nature. So he yes. became man. Yeah. So his, his essential identity, he's divine, but at the incarnation, he assumed a second nature, a human nature. So at that moment, now he is a hundred percent God, a hundred percent man at the same time. Yeah. Uh, and there's a, and, and, and there's, and there's that mystery because yeah. I know a lot of people, you know, they stumble like when we talk about our blessed mother and, and she has the title, uh, Mater Dei, the Mother of God, uh, the Theotokos. The, yeah, it's, a, you know, it's an old, it's an old Greek title. It goes back yeah. in the fourth century. They yes. were calling her Theotokos back in the fourth century. Yes, and it, and, you know, and people need to make the, uh, the to distinguish that she's not the mother of the Trinity. Exactly. <laughs> she's the mother of Jesus, who, by the way, is God. So the so the title is correct. She is the mother of God, but a lot of people, well, God doesn't have a mother. He does, you know. How could God have a mother, a human mother? And they just don't understand. Yeah, there, there, you know. There's a uh, as Saint Augustine said, you know, fully the finite can never comprehend the infinite, but we know That's that all right. things. Yeah, but we know that all things are possible with God. And so when people want to cast doubt on the Holy Trinity. I would just say, you know, let me ask you a question. You know, is it possible that God uh, can exist in three persons in, in one nature? Well, oh yeah, because all things are possible with God. So then, exactly. you know, so 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 if it's possible, then you know, then then you need to be open to it. Anyway, yeah, that's that's a good point, Paul. And, and once you start limiting. Oh, there's no way God can be one in essence than three in person in his interior yeah, life. Yeah, Once yes. you start limiting what God can and cannot do, you, you don't believe in God any longer. As St. Augustine says, you fashion for yourself an idol. You believe That's in an it. idol. Yeah. Because yeah. when we're talking about uh, the one true God who created everything out of nothing, God is all powerful. God is all knowing and God is present everywhere. He had no beginning and no end. We can't even wrap our mind around this. And so for us to start putting limitations, well, God can't do this and, and God can't do that. Then again, as St. Augustine says, you do not believe in the God of revelation. You believe in an idol. You've created Amen. for yourself an idol. Amen. Well, Paul, the next segment, I want to just go specifically into for the whole segment on the uniqueness of Jesus Christ. It's, it's just specifically the uniqueness of Jesus Christ uh, because again, I want to just give people some really, really good Christology that's going to help their apologetics. Uh, you're listening to Jesus Night Woman, Jess Romero, Paul Clay. We're talking about who speaks for God and, and me and Paul say there's only one person that speaks for God historically. His name's the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, on the second segment, you'll see why. Stick around. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Now, 
back to Jesus 911. If this call is not an emergency, dial 888-526-2151. Soul Patrol, Jesus 911, two-man car, Jess Romero, Paul Clay. Talking about the uniqueness of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the only person in human history who speaks for God the Father with full authority, with full knowledge, and uh, with, uh, again, with, with full uh, understanding. Now, I'm going to show you how unique the Lord Jesus Christ is. Jesus Christ, who was born in Bethlehem of Judea around the year zero, from a historical point of view alone, here is the uniqueness which sets Christ apart from all the other founders of world religions. Here it is. Drum roll. Jesus' birth was pre-announced and prophesied. Nobody else's, no other religious founder was their birth pre-announced or prophesied. Nobody except Jesus. Now, let's turn to some pagan testimonies. And I, I've looked these up and I can tell you pagans who prophesied the birth, the first advent of Christ, Plato and Socrates prophesied the coming of Jesus Christ. Uh, the Greek dramatist prophesied the, 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 the coming of Christ. It was his work called Prometheus. The Tacitus, the Roman historian, prophesied the coming of Jesus Christ. Suetonius, the Roman historian, prophesied the coming of Jesus Christ. Conf Confucius prophesied the coming of Jesus Christ. Buddha prophesied the coming of Jesus Christ. I'll, I'll, I'll quote to you exactly what Buddha said a little later. The annals of the Chinese celestial empire uh, prophesied the coming of Jesus Christ. Again, the Greek poet called Aeschylus in his book Prometheus, which is Greek mythology, prophesied the coming of Jesus Christ. Cicero, the Latin writer, prophesied the coming of Jesus Christ. Now, let me talk about Buddha here for a second. Buddha, here's what Buddha said. Check this out. 544 years after the death of Buddha, here's what he or here's what he said. Or should I say, Buddha said this, and 544 years after he said this, Jesus Christ was born. Here's what Buddha said: quote. He said, um, there he says, my teaching is but the light of a candle compared to the one to come some 500 years after me. His teaching will be like the light of 10,000 suns. Well, guess what? 544 years after the death of Buddha, after he said this, Jesus Christ of Nazareth was born in Bethlehem. And so Buddha, what he was saying is that he was not this wise, the wise man. He said someone else was to come. And Buddha admitted that there was going to be a wise man who was going to be born in the Middle East, who was going to be the king of the world, that mm. his 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 teachings would be like 10,000 sons. So I haven't even quoted you Jewish prophets, which mm. are there's 456 Jewish prophecies about Jesus Christ being the Messiah. 456. I didn't even touch those. Mm. I gave to you pagan 
Gentile prophets that were already prophesying about a king, a baby king, to be born in the Middle East of a virgin. And the only person that fits that bill is Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Paul, comments? Yeah, that's amazing. Uh, you know, and it, it demonstrates the fact just that, um, you know, and God says elsewhere in Scripture, you know, God, you know, uh, it, it demonstrates that he's just not the God of uh, some, in this case, uh, uh, he was in the Old Testament, the God of the Jews, but he's God of the whole planet. He's yes. God, uh, you know, uh, I, I learned a long time ago that, you know, when they were sharing the Lord with uh, men in China years ago, uh, they were giving them the gospel and they were telling them about the Lord and uh, the Chinese symbol for righteousness is a cross with a little lamb down in the corner, you know, who but God could do something like that. You know what I mean? Uh, mm. You know, here's this culture that's totally, uh, you know, not foreign. Uh, yeah, foreign. foreign and, uh, you know, and pagan, uh, essentially. And yet, you know, uh, God is, you know, in his grace and in his mercy is preparing them to receive the gospel. You know, that's, right. uh, that's a, such a beautiful thing. And when you understand that, how many, you know, millions of people are in Buddhism today? And how many of them just, if you showed them that prophecy would be, their jaw would be dropped. You oh, know? yeah. Uh, oh, yes. You know, yeah. 10,000 sons. I mean, Buddha's saying, basically, he's he's given the, the John the Baptist response, saying, you know, I'm not worthy to untie the thong on his sandal. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 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 This is, that's beautiful. Um, it sure is. Yeah. You know, at the time of Christ, the Jews were expecting the birth of a great king, a wise man and a savior. A Jewish scholar who became a Catholic said at the time of, that at the time of Christ, the rabbis gathered together 456 prophecies concerning the Messiah. And so the chances of all the prophecies concurring in the person of Jesus Christ is one out of 184, followed by 126 zeros possibility. Mm -hmm. What's interesting is that once the fulfillment of these prophecies did historically take place in the person of Christ, guess what? The prophecies ceased in Israel. The animal sacrifices at the temple stopped when the true Paschal lamb was sacrificed. The temple was destroyed and the Jewish priesthood was killed. Their, their, slots were, their, their, their throats were slit by the Romans uh, at the resurrection. Of, I mean, at the death of Jesus Christ. And, and, you know, in Matthew 27, 50 and 51, it tells us what happens when Christ died. It says, and Jesus cried again with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit. And behold, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. And the earth shook and the rocks were split, close quote. This yeah. indicates that the Old Testament and animal sacrifices and Jewish priesthood are now obsolete. Hmm. Wow. Paul, here's another point that you'll let's show at the audience. The next point, uh, you, you have it there in front of you where it talks about how, how many miracles Jesus performed. Are you, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Go ahead. So Jesus performed 36 miracles that are recorded. The Bible says uh, 
in John chapter 21, verse 25. But there are also many other things which Jesus did. Were every, were every one of them uh, to be written, I suppose that the world itself could not contain the books that would be written. And uh, you're right, Jess, uh, the miracles that Jesus performed, even Moses, the prophecy that he said that God would send a, a, a prophet like me. Well, how is Jesus like Moses? Well, in a lot of ways, but one of the ways is Moses was a great prophet who wrought great miracles. God, yes. uh, you know, God uh, performed miracles through Moses and demonstrated that he was the God over every single one of those gods of Egypt. So, so Jesus's miracles then, uh, you know, uh, if, if if that prophet that Moses, and that's why they asked him, by the way, uh, you know, when Jesus said, who do men say that I am? And they said, some say you are, uh, it, a lot of translations say a prophet, but it was uh, that prophet, the one that Moses mm -hmm. spoke of, you're that one, yes. you know, the because they saw the miracles and they saw uh, that, you know, listen, that's a miracle is God basically co-signing saying, listen, there is no natural explanation that this could happen by. Therefore, uh, you know, God is saying, look to me. Um, if somebody wants to claim they're from God, well, then they better come with some miracles. That's right. And that's and when you put Jesus Christ in a police lineup, a six pack, as we call it in police work with the, all these other names that I gave you, Buddhist, Confucius, Lao Tse you know, uh, Zoroaster, Muhammad, uh, they, number one, they fall on two fronts. None of them, none of them were pre-announced. Number yes. two, none of them perform miracles. Jesus Christ was a miracle working, uh, you know, he was consistently performing miracles, which validated his message. And by the way, in, in the, in the performance of his miracles, he also performed 27 exorcisms. Every time he encountered the diabolical, Jesus Christ drove them out. So he not only had power over uh, uh, physics and science and nature and gravity, but he also had power over the world of spirits, so over the spiritual realm. He mm -hmm. had power and authority over them. This is, Paul, this is power that I can't even wrap my mind around that was possessed by the person of Jesus Christ that, that came from him. Like he said in one time, in one instance, when somebody touches the tassel on his tunic and he says, hey, who touched me? Power has left me. Jesus Christ, because he's divine, power just exudes from him. And as Catholic Christians and as part of the mystical body of Christ, we are recipients of that power. We call that grace, salvation. Mm. Uh, you know, we call that the sacraments. Uh, we call that eternal life, ultimately. Yes, yes, yes. And Jess, I think about, this is off the track a little bit, but I think about the, the power that it has been unleashed when we split the atom. How many atoms, you know, are, are you know the, yeah, are composed yeah, yeah, yeah. In, the, in the human body? Imagine the, the power that's there, the, the untapped power that uh, God, you know, uh, so 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 when God tells us that it has not yet been revealed as to what we shall be, but we know this, we shall be like him. I can't wait. <laughs> Amen, brother. Yeah. Yeah. Now, the third thing I want to talk about. So there's four, the fourfold criteria of Fulton Sheen. Uh, he wasn't pre-announced. Everybody else is. Jesus was the only person that was pre-announced. Excuse me. The only person. Nobody else has been pre-announced in human history. We were just born. Mm -hmm. Our mom went to the hospital or went to a midwife and we were born and that was it. 
There was no fanfare. There was no bells and whistles. There was no, you know, uh, trumpets blasting. None, none of that. Jesus was prophesied by Jews and Gentiles all over the world as the king that would be born in the Middle East and he would save the world. He was also the person, again, he, he had power over nature, power over demons, power over angels. He, he was a miracle worker, much like Moses. But the difference between him and Moses is that Moses performed miracles calling upon the power of God. Jesus performed miracles on his own authority, mm. uh, calling, calling upon his own authority. There's mm -hmm. a big difference from him and Moses. Moses yeah. was a mediator of God's power. Jesus Christ mediated his power to whoever he so pleased. The third thing we want to talk about, we'll probably get into it in the next segment. We want to talk about Jesus Christ as the greatest teacher in the world. That's that's another thing that Fulton Sheen says that sets Jesus Christ apart from, you know, Buddha, Confucius, Muhammad, Zoroaster, Leo C, et cetera, et cetera, is the fact that he was a master teacher. So I'll, I'll, I'll begin and we'll pick it up on the next segment. Jesus was a master teacher. His teachings were sublime. They were soothing, consoling, wise. You're listening to Jesus 911, just for Mayor Paul Clay. We're talking about the uniqueness of Jesus Christ. We'll take the whole show to do this. Uh, I mean, this is a huge topic. Stick around, don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Now, back to Jesus 911. If this call is not an emergency, dial 888-526-2151. Phil Patrol, Jesus 911, two-man car, Jess Romero, Paul Clay. Paul, my wife uh, reminded me, she said, hey, not so fast, not so fast. <laughs> Jesus Christ just didn't perform miracles 2,000 years ago. She says, remind the audience. He keeps performing miracles today. I said, yeah, I'm here in Kansas right now. I'm about to, tomorrow, I'm about to go and visit the incorrupt body of Sister Wilhelmina Lancaster over in Kansas City. Uh, she's a nun that passed away a few years ago. She's a founder of her own order. She's a black Catholic nun. And her body has been uh, exhumed and they found it completely incorrupt. And and by the way, Protestants and secularists and people all over the world, it, it's blowing their mind. They're saying, what? A body that hasn't decayed after several years of being buried? Here's what's interesting. Only in the Catholic Church do you have this phenomenon of certain saints, probably about, I think about over 300 at this point in the last thousand years. There's about 300 saints, canonized saints. Uh, that have been that have died, they've exhumed their body and their bodies are completely intact. Mm. Th this this already goes to show you the promise of the resurrection, the Amen. way Christ will will raise our bodies and make them perfect. Three hundred Catholic saints right now lie six feet under the earth. Their bodies have not decomposed like everybody else on everybody else on planet Earth. If you're if you're on on the ground long enough, your body's going to turn atomized. It's going to turn to salt and dust and pet, you know. Mm -hmm. But there's several Catholic saints that God has just shown us a hint of His power. I'm going to suspend decomposition and I'm going to show what I can do. And this is just a prelude of the of the future resurrection yeah. when these bodies come up. And uh, and so yeah, Paul, these these miracles of the Eucharist, for example, the two bo two bodies recently that have been exhumed. 
Blessed Carlos Acutis, a 16-year-old Catholic kid in Italy, uh, he died in 2006. They exhumed his body. His body is completely incorrupt as well, as long as, as as well as Sister Wilhelmina. So Jesus Christ continues to perform miracles even today, Paul. Yeah, and I just wanted to point out for the listening audience that doesn't know, and maybe a few people that don't know, these bodies that are incorrupt, they're not embalmed. There's no human means to preserve these bodies. They were basically buried, by the way, without a hermetically uh, sealed uh, coffin, just a regular wooden coffin. Jess, you and I have seen bodies. We've seen how fast bodies decay in law enforcement. A lot of times you get a call, um, check on the welfare, and, you know, person hasn't been seen in a few days. Well, it's not going to be a pretty sight when you find them. They literally look like monsters really quick. I can tell you some horror stories about that. With maggots so, all over the body. Oh, yeah. No maggots doubt about and, it. Maggots and worms all over in a few days. I mean, I could, I could talk to you in detail about every little thing that happens to the body and how fast it happens. But we're going to, you know, I don't think we'll spare that, you. We'll spare, yeah, we'll spare you. you that one. Yeah. And, but so so when we understand that this nun, this holy nun has been in the ground uh, without a sealed coffin, without being embalmed for like four years, and she looks like she's sleeping, uh, you that, that that'll cause anybody to say, wow. <laughs> yeah. Well, we we also have in the Catholic Church miracles of the Eucharist that have been occurring since the seventh century, the first one yes. being Lanciano, Italy. Yes. Where during the holy sacrifice of the Mass and the words of consecration, the Holy Eucharist, which we know, we know uh changes from, from bread and wine into the body, blessed soul, divinity of Christ. But in, in hundreds and hundreds of instances, it's also taken the physical properties of a human heart physically and biologically and taking the physical and biological properties of human blood yes. and it's interesting all the blood types of all the eucharistic miracles from the seventh century to the present day is all the same and it's all the same at this it's blood type yes and it's 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 consistent with the blood type in the shroud of turin which yes. we as Catholics believe by tradition is the burial cloth of Jesus Christ. It's the same blood tripe found in the Shroud of Turin. And so what other miracles happen in the Catholic? Here's something else that most people don't know about. In fact, there's a an old book written by Tan about 150 years ago. It's called Raised from the Dead. There's well-documented stories in Catholic tradition within the last 2,000 years of holy men, holy bishops, holy saints, holy priests, that have prayed over people that are dead and they've come back to life. The book is called Raised from the Dead. If you, if you want to see the power of God through the Catholic Church, there are four, over 400 documented instances of saints and holy men. I'll give you one example, one of the stories in there. St. Catherine of Siena, doctor of the church, mystic. Uh, St. Catherine of Siena uh, went to the bedside of her mom who had just passed away. Her mom was dead. And St. Catherine of Siena prayed at the bedside of her dead mother uh, for, for God to let, let St. Catherine see her mom one more time alive. 
God raised St. Catherine of Siena's mom from the dead as a, as a result of St. Catherine of Siena's prayers, a daughter's prayers for her dead mother. There's, mm -hmm. there's over 400 cases like this, well-documented in Catholic tradition. And so when we talk about the miracles of Christ, uh, here's another thing most people don't realize. You can look on YouTube. There's a lot of uh, websites that actually cover this, even in Middle Eastern websites. Jesus Christ is appearing to thousands of Muslims every single year, thousands and thousands of Muslims. And guess what? This is not going to be reported by the mainstream media. Al Jazeera newspaper and television have, have put out several reports. I copied them. I've saved them on word files in case somebody ever questions me. Al Jazeera uh, newspaper says that about 6 million Muslims convert to Christianity every year. They convert to either Catholicism or Orthodoxy because those are the two main uh, main churches over, uh, over in the Middle East. Orthodoxy and Catholicism. Protestantism doesn't really, they're not a blip in the radar in, in the Middle East. But Catholicism and, and Orthodoxy are. And so Muslims continue encountering the risen Christ, and they continue six million a year for the last about 30 years, as is documented, coming to the Catholic or Orthodox Church every single year. As a result of what? Missionaries? No. As a result of physically seeing the risen Jesus Christ, just like Peter saw the risen Christ, according to tradition uh, in the book Cuvatis. Like St. Paul saw Jesus Christ risen in Acts chapter 9, uh, many of the apostles, all the apostles saw Jesus Christ risen in the upper room. Muslims are encountering the risen Christ all over the Middle East and are abandoning Islam and joining Catholic or Orthodox Christianity. That's another miracle, well documented. You can look on the internet on Middle Eastern websites and see that this is very well chronicled. Yeah, and why would God do this? Well, for for one simple reason, Jess. Number one, God says, those that seek me will find me and I will not hide my face from them. You know, look, I'm sure we know how Christianity is, uh, uh, you know, it's just oppressed in Muslim countries. And we know there are Muslims that are at least sincere in their quest to want to be righteous men and want to seek God. And so what God does, you know, he overcomes the human element of, uh, you know, uh, that would, uh, you know, uh, deny these people, you know, uh, the ability to hear the gospel. And Jesus himself will come and, and you know, and, and appear before them. Uh, this is the love of God. This is, this is God who says, listen, uh, you know, we have to remember that God, uh, uh, he everybody's not on an equal playing field here, you know, and God knows that. Sacred scripture tells us just, shall not the judge of all the earth do what is right. And so there are times when God will do something miraculous in order to get the attention of people. Why? Because, well, like I said, we're not all on an even playing field. That's right. And because in many instances, because of post 19... Post-1965 modernism on ecumenism and interreligious dialogue, the church in many instances is no longer missionary-minded. We just say, oh, they're Muslims. Uh, they, they're all good. Yeah. They're all good. Leave yeah. them, you know, don't evangelize. Don't evangelize them. Yeah. No. So who's evangelizing them? 
Jesus Christ, the Son of God himself, is appearing to thousands of Muslims yes. every single year because the church is not doing their job and being missionary-minded. So yes. the Son of God, the head of the church himself, is coming down and showing us how it's done. Amen. If the mystical body of Christ will not do it, then Christ himself will. <laughs> you know, I love it. it it's the, right? and, it's the, and it's the truth. Yes. Uh, thank you, Jesus. Thank Amen. you for your great love. Yes, Thank you yes. for your mercy. Yes. Yes. Our Lord says, uh, they will seek me and they will find me when they seek me with their whole heart. And that's why he's, yes. appearing to he's appearing to Muslims who are seeking him with their whole heart. And guess what? He's physically appearing to them. Why? Because he's alive. And because he's alive and because nothing is impossible for him, this is why he's doing it. As we go back, Paul, about the area about Jesus Christ being a master teacher, several years ago when I was in Israel, and I'm going back again in November, if anybody wants to go, go to my website. If you want to, uh, we've already got 49 people signed up, one bus loads full. Uh, but if we get another one, that's fine. When I was in Israel a few years ago, I heard the greatest rabbi, the, I heard the greatest teacher in Hebrew University, give a lecture, and I went to attend the lecture, and the lecture the lecture was on Jesus Christ. Mm. It was Dr. Hannah Safrai from the University of, of Jerusalem. It's called Hebrew University. I took notes because I said, I want to see what this, the greatest Jewish teacher says about Christ. Mm -hmm. And he's, Dr. Hannah Safrai said, I'm going to quote to you. He says, he says, there was no greater master teacher than the lord jesus christ he was the greatest teacher that ever existed he said his teachings are so sublime and soothing he says there is no other equivalent to jesus christ in human history so doctor doctor yeah dr hannah safrai talked about jesus christ like she was a christian i mean like he was a christian and he's not but we'll talk more about him in the next segment sit around don't go anywhere we'll be right back Now, back to Jesus 911. If this call is not an emergency, dial 888-526-2151. Soul Patrol, Jesus 911, two-man car. Remember what Fulton Sheen says in point number three. He says that if somebody speaks for God, their teachings must be reasonable. Reasonable, okay? When it comes, think, Look at talk about reasonable. Listen to this Matthew 5 9. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the children of God. Talk about reasonable. Listen to this Matthew 5 44. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Want to hear reasonable? A new command I give you love one another as I've loved you. So you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. John chapter 13, verse 34. Reasonable? Listen to this. Lord, how often shall I forgive my brothers seven times? Jesus said to him, I do not say to you seven times, but 70 times seven. Matthew chapter 18, 21. Reasonable? Listen to this. Mm -hmm. This is my commandment that you love one another as I've loved you. Greater love has no man than this, that a man laid down his life for his friends. John 15, 12. Reasonable? Listen to this. To the woman caught in adultery, Jesus said, Neither do I condemn you. Go and do not sin again. John chapter 8, verse 11. Okay, several years ago, when I was in Jerusalem, 
there was a lecture series at Hebrew University in Jerusalem. And in a live audience, one of the most respected scholars today in Israel, Dr. Hannah Safrai, a, a Jewish professor from Hebrew University. He was giving a lecture on the great teachers, the great teachers in both the East and the West. And so he was talking about Aristotle, Buddha, Confucius, uh, Socrates. Then he came to Jesus. Here's what Dr. Hannah Safrai said. I wrote down my, in my notes. I said, boy, this is gold. He said, quote, Jesus was a great teacher. He was a rabbi of the first century. The word rabbi means great, a master, a teacher. Jesus became a great teacher. He became a great master. It doesn't get any better than this. He is a master. He is incredible when it comes to teaching, close quote. So Professor Hannah Safrai from Hebrew University in Jerusalem recognized, this is 10 years ago when I was there for the first time, that Jesus' teachings of the first century, he basically said, as being the epitome of rabbinic teaching. Now think about this. Jesus never opened up a school, and yet nobody on planet Earth can boast of having as many students than he. And Jesus never started an army, yet nobody has more enlisted volunteers than anybody in human history uh, but for the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul, let's go to point number four here about I got uh, I got I got one, yeah. I got I got one okay. point to add on this, Jess. If Jesus Christ was a lie, then more good has come out of a lie than the truth has ever produced. <laughs> Am I right? Wow. That's a fact. Wow, that's you know, and that. Yeah, that's a I didn't originally argument. Yeah, yeah. If Jesus Christ was a lie, more good has come from a lie than the truth has ever produced, and that's a fact. And it's funny to wow. me how how the Jews, you know, this great rabbi can see him as a master teacher, Jess, and he doesn't understand that uh, Jesus himself. What did he say? Uh, they Philip. Show us the Father, Lord, and it's enough. And he says, if you have seen me, you have seen the Father. Now, if he's a great teacher and a master teacher, like, like the rabbi says, then he's either Lord, and I amen, we check that box, or he's a liar or he's amen. a lunatic. But great yes. teacher, you know, he's, you know, because he in his teaching said, if you've seen me, you have seen the father you see so it's not congruous you can't go with master teacher great rabbi without invoking well he was a liar or maybe somebody lied about him which okay if let's look at the apostles did they lie uh, about him well every one of them gave their lives for him uh how many people do you know that are willing to give their life for something that they know to be a lie nobody nobody yeah, not a, exactly. Nobody. Yeah. Uh-huh. All right, Jess, go ahead. So point number point number four. Point number four, Paul. This is Fulton She's arguing. Remember the first one. If you speak yeah. for God, you must have been pre-announced. If you speak for God, uh, you must be a miracle worker. If you speak for God, you must have your teachings must comport with reason. Reason. And if you speak for God, prove it. Did you rise from the dead? That's the fourth point. If you want to just share that. Yes. 
Jesus Christ died in 33 AD. He rose from the dead, rolled away the stone. For 40 days, he was seen by well over 500 eyewitnesses. Pope Benedict XVI said, the resurrection is a historical fact of which the apostles were witnesses, certainly not creators. Christ's victory over death remains the central element of evangelization. Uh, he left a scar upon the belly of the planet, an empty tomb in Jerusalem. Israel only has 8.5 million people that live there. Per capita, it is the most visited country in the world. Over 3.5 million visit that empty tomb every year, including you, Jess, yep. <laughs> because it gives us hope that there is life after death because Jesus proved it uh, with, his, with, with his own resurrection. Is there life after death? Jesus would say, yes, yes, most visited country in the world, you know. Just, and it's the um, most it's the most visited country, not because of Israel's landscape, topography, real estate. It's yeah. because that's the land where God walked. God incarnate walked on that land. And the oldest Catholic churches in the world are in that country. And that's where salvation was wrought right there in Jerusalem. The son of God who hung on a cross for the sins of the world, that is ground zero. That is D-Day right there. Mm. And that is where the resurrection took place. That is where the Holy Eucharist was instituted. That is where Pentecost, the Holy Spirit, came down upon the church. It, Jerusalem was actually ground zero. That's where the Catholic Church was started. And then the Holy Spirit moved the Catholic Church from Jerusalem. Why? Because the Jews, by and large, rejected the Messiah, killed the Messiah, rejected the Messiah, brought a curse upon the land and themselves. So the Lord told Peter and Paul and the apostles, go out, go out to all the, if the Greek word, it was in Matthew 20 and 19, the Greek word is ethne, which Jesus says, go out to all the Gentile yes. nations. Yes. That's the Greek. Yes. And baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. So the yes. apostles listened to our Lord. They all left Jerusalem. And the two pillars, the two, as St. Irenaeus of Leon says in 180 AD, he says, the two most glorious apostles, Peter and Paul, went to Rome. Why? You that know, was the belly of the beast. You know, Jess, you, you pointed something out. Uh, the Jews were utterly destroyed in 70 AD. And why were they suddenly destroyed? Why did Jesus curse that olive tree and it died? You know, the olive tree representing Israel. Uh, uh, the reason why is because when you violate the covenant of God, there are there are curses that curses. go along with it. Right. When you obey the covenant, there's incredible blessing. Blessings. Yes. And so the sixth covenant. The new covenant, the only time Jesus used the word covenant. The, 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 final co the final covenant. Yes. Well, except if you want to count that eternal covenant in, in the sense of, you know, when we rest from all our labors, right? On the seventh day, God right. rested. Okay. But, yeah. but, but, uh, but the bottom line is, is the final 
Uh, I mean, the sixth covenant, Jesus said, you know, so so likewise with the covenants of God, He, you said, Jess, he commanded us to go out. He commanded us that uh, he would equip us and empower us with the Holy Spirit and that the gates of hell could not prevail against us. He's, you Amen. know, he, he's made us partakers of his divine nature to go out and subjugate the world. And yet we see history uh, as uh, uh, nation after nation after nation has rejected the Lord. OK, Amen. and we see right now society then be becoming conformed to the image, not of Christ, but to the world and toward the Antichrist. And guess what's coming? Amen. We all Amen. know it, that those covenant curses are coming. And sacred scripture yes. tells us yes. that we are we are being reserved for fire. No more water, but for fire. Just last I yeah. checked, I, I checked the, the news. Those volcanoes are starting to rumble. And we also have how many rogue nations that have nuclear weapons that can incinerate us, incinerate yeah. us like, like fire. Yeah. Paul, let me, let me wrap God, it up. I believe God's going to bring the fire. I don't think it's a man-made fire. Okay. Uh, yeah. I, I, ultimately, yeah. God is going to bring that fire like Sodom well, and Gomorrah. Well, you're tracking with Akita Japan because Akita Japan says that fire will fall from heaven. So you're mm -hmm. with Our Lady of Our Lady of Jakita, Akita Japan agrees with what you just said. Mm -hmm. Here's just the facts, and we'll wrap it up here. Number one, Confucius' tomb is occupied with this corpse. Don't follow him. Cross him out. Buddha's tomb is occupied with this corpse. Decompose and rot, and guess what? Cross him up. Don't follow him. Zoroaster's tomb is occupied with this corpse. Abram's, Abram's tomb is occupied with this corpse. Muhammad's tomb is occupied with this corpse. Every religious founder's tomb is occupied with their corpse. Jesus' tomb is empty. Catholics, Amen. don't follow a dead man. A dead man can't save your soul. Follow the one who is alive forevermore. Follow the one who defeated death. Follow the one who rose from the dead and said that he would. That's who we stake our lives in. Amen. Jesus Christ is alive. And because he's alive, I can face tomorrow's problems. Amen. Because he's alive, all fear is gone. <laughs> because Jesus Christ holds the future, life is worth living just because he lives. Catholics, Amen. be not afraid. Yes. We follow a living Savior, and yes. we live in the palm of his hands. Paul, I'm yes. done. And, and just remember, mic drop, boom. <laughs> but listen to this, yes. listen, listen to this. Sacred Scripture remind us that in him, in who, in Christ, we, we both move and breathe and have our being. Okay? We're not, we're not talking about a mere man. We're not talking about a mere carpenter, Jess. We're talking about the Word of God made flesh. The word, God drawing near to man. Uh, uh, listen, uh, have, you know, have I not been with you so long, Philip? If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Everything that Almighty God can mean to you and me. I hear, the, I hear the music, Paul. I All hear right, the music. Brother. All right, brother. It's that's a wrap. <laughs> yep. God bless the EOW and the watch. Next time, same price, time, same price channel. Keep the faith.